we could insert these tablets into some type of a, a clinically focused study to where um, the dosages could be accurately and consistently um, titrated um, based on kind of what the study was looking at in the patients, et cetera. And so that was it. You can't really do that with capsules um, because you'd have to make a new capsule with a new dosage. And so if we make everything at 10 milligrams, we can we can augment the dosages by just like breaking up the tablets. So. Welcome to the Diamond Miners Podcast, a podcast for cannabis operators by cannabis operators. My name's Benjamin Ballinger, and I'm on a mission to explore what makes great cannabis companies great. I talk with real operators across the U.S. and beyond who are making moves in their markets to find out how they're creating successful organizations that can withstand the test of time in this volatile world that we all know as the cannabis industry. What's up, everyone? This is your host, Benjamin Ballinger. And welcome to episode four of the Diamond Miners podcast. In today's episode, I had a chance to chat with Jonathan Kane, the chief scientific officer and co-founder of Lion Labs out of Lansing, Michigan. And, you know, Jonathan's team has done an amazing job at building a portfolio of both well-recognized and well-respected products in their market. And it was really interesting to speak with him about how they're approaching the growth of their company because it's really different from what most operators are doing in the state. Also, we didn't talk about it during the episode, but I did want to mention the research partnership that Lion Labs created in 2022 with Lake Superior State University, where they provided a sizable donation to the university specifically for funding student research into cannabis chemistry, as well as continued development of the university's cannabis business program, which just happens to be the first accredited program in the entire country. Coincidentally enough, my favorite lab in Michigan, Cambium Analytica, also donated to LSSU around the same time, uh, also towards cannabis research, and together the combined funds along with the operational resources that Lion Labs and Cambium have brought to the table have helped to create a leading stateside research consortium, which I think is pretty awesome. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you all to please subscribe to the podcast and check out our website at diamondminers.co for free articles and downloadable tools all designed to help you successfully grow your cannabis company all right that's enough blabbing from me let's get into it mr jonathan kane how are we doing today i'm doing well thank you thanks for having me thanks for coming on really appreciate it i'm uh yeah excited to dig into what you guys got going on we got a lot so (laughs) um why don't we start off with just kind of giving a background of yourself and, uh, you know, Lion Labs and kind of what you guys have been doing in the past and what's brought you sure. to today. Yeah, there's a, a lot of moving parts, um, you know, in regards to how we, how we started, I guess I can start with myself. So, um, I, I guess traditionally, uh, cancer biologist, um, stem cell biologist, um, uh, studied biomedical science, um, for my undergrad and for graduate school, got my PhD in that in that um, field of science. Um, and when I was in grad school doing the kind of more focused cancer and stem cell research, I was uh, it was just about the time when you could um, be a caregiver in Michigan um, when the medical program you know became uh, legal and became became a real thing. Um, so it was essentially me finishing my undergrad. Um, taking a year off, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, 
uh, the medical program becoming a thing saying like, oh, wow, we can, we can grow plants legally. Um, and I can grow these strains that have been on posters in my dorm room, um, that I've never, you know, been able to access before. Um, so going out and finding seed packs and things like that, and, um, kind of just doing just, you know, I think the first plant we grew was like super lemon haze and my friend's, uh, parents basement closet. Right. So, yeah. uh, definitely, you know, started very, very minimal. Um, but you know, all the while kind of going to grad school through that process. So getting really interested, um, in the scientific process and kind of implementing that into, um, cultivating cannabis. Um, and then once I, I finished, uh, my PhD in 2016, um, and here in Michigan and at that time, the, the law, so everything was still pretty gray. Um, so my mindset was, well, I've dedicated 10 years of my life to academia. And, um, I had friends that were, uh, still getting in trouble for cannabis legally, um, getting set up by undercovers and things like that and people doing jail time. And, um, for me, it was, it was difficult to continue doing, uh, the cannabis thing when it was still so gray. Uh, after mm -hmm. I dedicated so much time to academia to to get my my degree, so I I kind of you know I guess as they say I got, I got out of the game for for a little bit. Um, went worked in uh, biotech. Uh, were, was working in the field. I kind of studied selling uh, cancer and stem cell research and treatment equipment. Some of the equipment that I used mm -hmm. um, when uh, in in research and published papers with. So traveled around the world. Um, you know, working with radiation biologists and. And chemists um, and, 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 and physicists um, to help better their research. And, you know, in, in that two year span between 2016 and 2018, um, that's when the legal landscape here in Michigan started to really uh, change. Um, I, I'm pretty fortunate to have some friends uh, that are attorneys that were specializing in medical marijuana, where, where we're leading some of the initiatives like MI Legalize. Uh, so we were really close to kind of what was happening from the legal landscape end yeah. of things and, and be, be, being able to stay on top of that and say, okay, well, there's, there's this, there's this change. Um, and then what's happening and, and the laws are starting to become more black and white um, and, and can give a, a more, uh, I guess, give, give a framework that we we felt better about operating in and operating kind of not so much in the background um, where we're, where that's kind of where we were operating as, as caregivers. Um, right. So I had a group of friends that, you know, we were kind of, we were all growing weed together. They were, they started processing and taking processing a step further, um, you know, over a couple of years, kind of when hydrocarbon extraction became a thing um, or not, not, I'm sorry, not hydrocarbon extraction becoming a thing, but kind of live More. resin becoming a thing. Yeah. Nobody was really, you know, making, making too much live resin. Everybody's running, running warm, running cured resin, that kind of stuff. Shatter was really hot. Um, and so, so those guys were taking it a step further while I was uh, kind of doing doing my biotech thing, and then in, in 2018 I came home for uh, for the holidays and uh, visited the lab to see what was going on, and was really excited about what I was seeing. And they were kind of you know bringing me up to speed on what 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 their plan was and what they were thinking. Um, and that idea was Lion Labs, and so um, yeah, they asked me to join up and and, and be a, a co-founder of the group. And, um, I quit my job like right away and packed up, moved from Atlanta back to Michigan and, um, started swinging a sludge hammer and demoing a, you know, 20,000 square foot building with, with my friends. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, that, that's kind of like a little bit of the background of, 
of where things started, but I've always been involved in the sciences um, and I've always been um, interested in cannabis and have been using cannabis, you know, since, um, since, since high school. Um, and when I became um, kind of getting more trained uh, in, in the science end of things, that's when it got really exciting to kind of um, pair this love for cannabis and love for science together to hopefully, you know, the goal to shed some light on and understanding more about what's going on with the plant since we've been in a, in a essentially coming out of a prohibition era of cannabis. And, um, you know, I guess more importantly to that is that the schedule one of, of, uh, of cannabis here in the U S is, is, uh, you know, really stifled the scientific, uh, endeavor, you know, on the plant understanding. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like a lot of the research stuff's happening more in Tel Aviv and, and overseas over there than, than in, uh, in the U S which is unfortunate. Um, but, can't do much until they deal with that, I suppose. Um, I want to talk more about your science background, but first kind of want to get a little bit of information on your company because mm -hmm. you guys are very well respected in the Michigan market. Um, you know, almost you. anyone that knows any extraction or concentrates elements, you know, one of the first that comes to mind. And I know you guys have several other brands and uh, kind of, some interesting niches with that as well, uh, like rise and, and your, uh, your edibles. And so I'd love to just get a little rundown of, you know, what is Lion Labs, um, kind of in a nutshell and what kind of brands you guys have in your portfolio. Sure. Um, yeah. So Lion Labs is a, it's a cannabis processor manufacturer. Um, we get confused as being an analytical group um, because we're just called Lion Labs, but we, we, uh, we, that, that's, like that's Lion, L-Y-I-N, Lion. Lion. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. Now it's Lion, Lion, like the king of the jungle. So um, we, uh, yeah, we're a full scale processor. Um, we, we only process and manufacture uh, currently. We, we, we don't have cultivation. Uh, we don't have retail and, um, the thought process behind that was let's just stay in our lane. Let's, let's do what we are really good at doing. Um, and let's let, let's leverage our expertise in, in extraction and, um, kind of consumer packaged goods, um, go to market strategies and creating brands around kind of, uh, the, the, the processing expertise. And so we've got 20,000 square feet. We're located in Lansing, Michigan. Um, by design uh, that's centrally located within the state. So we're able to be really nimble from a, uh, from a delivery perspective. We can get just about anywhere in the, uh, the general lower peninsula within an hour to two hours. Um, a lot of same day delivery opportunities and things like that, considering where we're located. Um, so we do three, three, I guess, main types of processing extraction. So hydrocarbon-based extraction for um, live resin, that's our bread and butter. We do make cured resin and things like that as well. Um, so you can use primarily same equipment, right? Same equipment. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, we also have, uh, ethanol based extraction, uh, for distillate. So we manufacture distillate for some of the products that we make in house, which we don't, uh, our appetite for distillate internally is not that great because we don't make distillate based cartridges. Um, you know, our, as you mentioned earlier, our, our concentrate brand element, uh, kind of our flagship brand, hundred percent live resin, hundred percent live rosin, no distillate, no additives or anything like that. So you know, if you're making distillate vape carts, it eats up a lot of distillate. So typically yeah. uh, the excess that we have, we just sell into the marketplace um, to other uh, manufacturers, other processors, other vape cart brands or edible brands. Um, and then uh, more recently we brought on uh, rosin, you know, ice water, uh, mechanical extraction. Um, that was the first 
type of extraction we ever messed with. I mean, we were, um, you know, making bubble hash and five gallon buckets and in, in, in the basement, you know, with a, with a, a wooden spoon or, you know, so, um, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, but as, as we know, extraction efficiency on that is, um, isn't as great as, as what you would see in hydrocarbon. It's also very strain specific. So, Sourcing yeah. the biomass can be a little bit more difficult. So for us, um, we're, we're, we're a bootstrapped group. Um, we don't have a bunch of investment from, from folks that don't know anything about cannabis. Um, you know, it's the founding, mm -hmm. the founding members, a couple silent partners. Um, and you know, the, 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 the four active members are where, you know, me and uh, a couple of my partners are pretty much, you know, we're, uh, we're driving the ship here. Um, and we don't have anybody to answer to, you know, that doesn't know about the cannabis space, doesn't know about the cannabis industries. So we can make decisions, you know, pretty, pretty nimbly. Um, and, and because of that, we started with hydrocarbon because that was our bread and butter. We know that we could go to market strong with those products um, for element and, and be effective mm -hmm. and can create revenue for the business and then bring on these other extraction methods afterwards. Um, so we have like, we, we have four brands under, under the Lion Labs umbrella. Lion Labs is just the parent company. You won't see anything in market that is Lion Labs branded other than just kind of made by Lion Labs. So uh, we talked a little bit of, right, right. Yeah. Um, kind of like Mars is to Snickers. Um, so <clears throat> we've talked a little bit about Element and again, that's, that's our flagship brand. So uh, premium concentrates uh, were, you know, multi-cannabis award-winning. Um, we've you know, swept all the categories in 2018 and have continued to win cannabis cups. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, we, we let last year, we won first place for infused pre-roll with our live resin joint. Um, and so we do a variety of products for that brand. Uh, like I said earlier, live resin is kind of our bread and butter. So live resin carts, live resin concentrate, live THCA, um, we have a unique way of making the THCA, um, can make it pretty fast, can make it in large quantities, maintains the terpene profile of the plant just very slightly. So you still do get the strain specific effects and a little bit of flavor from it, which is really nice. Um, we have a new innovation that uh, our infused pre-roll, it's, it's called a live resin joint. It's 50% flour and 50% live resin. Um, so it's a one, a, it's a one gram. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, they're 40%. THC and anywhere between seven to, you know, eight, 9% terpene. So really flavorful, really potent, um, burns really slow, very even. Uh, we have a, a unique kind of infusion method uh, in the lab that allows for kind of a homogenous infusion. So you don't get any weird pockets. Um, I can't imagine where the if you tried to run and stuff like that. If you tried to inject that much. Uh, yeah, it's not going to resonate. It would just make a mess. That's kind of, I think right. it's, in my experience been like 30% is kind of the max you can get to with the traditional. Yeah. Market. So that's awesome. Yeah. And so that, that product's done really well. I mean, we can't make them fast enough. So we've got some, yeah. some new innovations uh, coming out, kind of just branching off the live resin joint um, and, and different inf infusion um, methods. Like we'll have rosin and we have a THCA joint coming and things like that. So just kind of piggybacking off the success um, of, of that infusion. Um, and so, you know, the, the other brands that we have dream is our edible brand. Uh, mm -hmm. we have, we, we kind of, have, we tend to make products that aren't easy and are difficult and aren't the same as everybody else. So, uh, we've done, uh, infused caramels. So hundred percent all natural ingredients, no additives, um, primarily sourced from Michigan, a couple different flavors, sea salt, peanut butter, dolce de leche, um, really nice, soft, decadent caramel. 
Um, and then more recently, uh, we just launched a new product called Pod Dots. So Pod Dots is a really exciting innovation for us. We worked on it for almost two years, uh, built out an 8,000 square foot kitchen for it. Um, we, we, we make the caramels in that kitchen as well, but the, the, the majority of that square footage is, is taken up by, you know, a 70 foot cooling tunnel, um, mm. two, two, 2000 kilo chocolate melting tanks and, and eight like large size panners. So, yeah. uh, what, what pot dots is, is essentially it's, uh, it's the weed version of the candy that, you know, uh, melts in your mouth and doesn't melt in your hand. Um, so each piece is one milligram. Uh, so it allows for a true microdose experience. Uh, we use a, a high-end Belgian chocolate, nice, you know, 35% cacao, uh, milk chocolate, uh, fair trade chocolate. Um, and the the pot dots give you this new experience of consuming an edible that we haven't really seen exist in the cannabis space. Uh, it allows for a snackable experience. Uh, if you think about how, how humans eat and how we don't just eat one chip. We don't just eat one nut or anything like that. We eat multiple. Um, and with cannabis edibles, it's typically like, okay, you can eat one gummy bear or you can eat a part of, of this gummy or of this insert edible. <laughs> a little tiny and then, corner and then, of the chocolate. <laughs> right. And then you're done. Because yeah. if you eat any more, you're going to, you're, you're going to be, you know, uncomfortably high and have a bad experience. Yeah. And, we want people to enjoy edibles. We want people to consume them like they're used to consuming food. And so you can have a snackable experience with them. You can eat 10, you can eat 15, you can eat 25. Um, you don't get fatigue in the mouth like you've had too much. Um, just like you can eat an entire bag of, of M&Ms in the car after you get them at the convenience store before you get to your next destination. So you have the ability to make infusions at home. Um, you can make pot dot cookies. You can make pot dot pancakes. So you can accurately and, and, and confidently infuse things at home, which is really nice. Um, additionally, um, you know, we're, 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 we're seeing people, um, you know, use them in um, like, uh, let's say uh, like trail mix and popcorn. Um, and it's a very, um, it's a, it's the entry to cannabis with pot dots is not an overwhelming experience. Whereas other products may offer a little bit of, or may, may offer more of an overwhelming experience for people. So mm. what I'm getting at is like, I talk to people that are like, my mom doesn't even mess with weed. And she had three pot dots last night. Right. And so we're, we're finding that it's allow it's, it's normalizing um, new consumers to cannabis and kind of um, not, not making them feel that, um, you know, oh, it's just, I'm going to get too high because I can just have one. Um, and then the, the, the regular consumers are enjoying this new experience and being able to have these fun ways of consuming them. Um, yeah, and so, so we, smart. yeah, thank you. Um, we, you know, M&Ms are, you know, the number one chocolate candy in the world or in, in the U S so it was, well, I think uh, people, it's kind of, people forget that it's an edible first, right. And I think that they, like you said, I mean, I, I've thought this for a long time and I've said that exact argument, uh, even when I was operating in California, I was like, why, why are we making 10 milligram gummies the, the absolute max per gummy? Like I, I understand wanting to max out the, uh, package for sure, but like gummy material doesn't cost much to produce or, you know, the candy material isn't the expensive part. It's the, the active component. So if the active component is the same, why not break that down into more microdosable, titratable, components like you're talking about 
because it's a food first and people want to eat it. If you want to do a single dose, do that as a capsule. You're, you're treating edibles like a, sort of a supplement as opposed to a food. And I think that's misplaced. Yeah. So I was, I was uh, very impressed when I saw the hot dots coming out. And um, I think I'm not surprised that they're hitting well with that market, with any market really, because it's a better alternative than nibbling on a corner of a chocolate right. bar which I've had a very, yeah. very bad experience with that exact thing before. So. Right, because the nibbles can get, you know, into larger bites before you know it, yeah, you <laughs> especially, when you're, especially when you're hungry. Yeah, it's like a subconscious yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we launched with milk chocolate for the pot dots, and then uh, we just uh, brought to market dark chocolate. So having a, a little bit of a, a um, you know variation in the in, in in the product offering for those folks who, you know, may prefer dark chocolate over milk chocolate or, or vice versa. And, um, yeah, we've got some, some other new innovations coming for, uh, for dream, which we're really excited about, um, some brand extensions, you know, using, uh, hash and rosin as the active instead of distillate for some of the new products and things like that. So, um, yeah, stay tuned on that. If you're following us anywhere, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of really exciting stuff coming out for, for, for dream over the next kind of six months here. Um, so the other element and dream and pot dots element, and then yep, element dream and pot dots and then we have uh rise which is our our cannabis wellness brand so that's the brand that i primarily um i guess oversee manage i might have my hands in, in just about everything going on with the business um but rise is kind of my main focus since uh my my, my background is primarily in the sciences and so the the brand is is more um like a science wellness clinically focused um, approach to cannabis. Uh, again, you know, uh, trying to provide delivery methods for consumers who are um, in, in, in ways that they, they feel comfortable and are, are, are accustomed to consuming. Like we launched with a few different tablets. Um, the idea behind the tablets uh, was to provide a custom cannabis platform. What I mean by that is that each tablet is 10 milligrams um, and they're individual cannabinoid formulations. So we have we launched originally a couple of years ago with THC, CBD, and THCA. Um, we also have a, a, a product called the Daily, which is like a one-a-day multi-cannabinoid vitamin that's kind of like on its island by itself. Um, we just say if you if you consume cannabis, even if you you know you, you should everybody should be taking the Daily. It's non-psychoactive. It's CBD and THCA equal parts. Provides wellness and um, support to your endocannabinoid system and. A is lot it just of people, those two components, or has vitamins stuff in there as well? Yep, uh, it will. Yeah. So uh, there's 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 also a terpene blend that, that we add to them as well. But no, there there aren't any other like supplements or or or, or non cannabis kind of like inactive yeah. set. Yeah, yeah. So the custom cannabis platform is essentially um, a series of tablets that you can mix and match and combine in whatever ratio or dosage is best for you. Everybody's endocannabinoid system is different. Everybody responds to cannabinoids different, differently. Um, people's disease types or illnesses are, and symptoms associated with those are different. And so yeah. we wanted to give a platform for um, people to be able to um, essentially seek relief from whatever symptom it is or symptoms with a multitude of different tablets. So your combination for your uh, your pain may be different than for your anxiety or you're different, different than your sleep, but you're still using the same kind of core tablets. And so more recently we've, we, we've brought to the tablet offering CBN and CBG tablets. They're all 10 milligrams each and they, they are tablets. So what the nice thing is that you can break them in half for five milligram dose, 
can break that in half again for a 2.5 milligram dose. So if you want five milligrams of THC and 20 milligrams of CBD for sleep, you can take a half a THC tablet and two CBD tablets. That's great. That's very versatile. And I feel like it's something that a, a you know, cannabis doctor would, would feel strongly about uh, leveraging that so that they can kind of prescribe, custom prescribe various ratios and stuff, right? Have yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's, it's difficult. Um, when, and you mentioned kind of the, the studies coming out of, of, of Israel and five years ago when we started Lion Labs and had the yeah. idea behind Rise, um, there were most of the papers that were out were, oh, we had a cohort of 30 patients and they all smoked two joints and this is what happened. And that's like such a flawed study. And yeah. so we wanted to- We asked them what happened. We didn't yeah. actually have yeah. an yeah. way of mentioning Exactly. And so we wanted to have a platform where we could insert these tablets into some type of a, a clinically focused study to where um, the dosages could be accurately and consistently um, titrated um, based on kind of what the study was looking at in the patients, et cetera. And so yeah. that was it. You can't really do that with capsules um, because you'd have to make a new capsule with a new dosage. And so if we make everything at 10 milligrams, we can, we can augment the dosages by just like breaking up the tablets. So, um, you know, vegan, sugar-free, gluten-free. So their tablets aren't the most exciting thing to consume from an edible perspective, but if you're looking for a health conscious, um, edible, the THC tablets, they check all the boxes. Um, and so, you know, the tablets were just kind of the beginning. We have a whole series of, of tinctures as well. Um, all made in hemp seed oil. So, uh, most people use MCT oil, um, but we wanted to choose hemp seed oil to be, you know, nut free, hundred percent cannabis based. Um, and so we have, we have CBD, we have THC, and then we have a series of what we call these, a tri-blend series. So, um, like we have equal parts of THC, CBD, and THCA. We have a PM that has, uh, equal parts of THC, CBN and CBD. We have an AM that has equal parts of THC, CBG, and THCA. So depending on kind of what you're looking to achieve, um, you know, we have a, another delivery method with multiple cannabinoids or single cannabinoids that you can use um, based on what 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 you're seeking from a relief perspective. And then uh, we have a series of of kind of syringe-based products. So RSO. Um, distillate syringes and then we uh, a really unique thing that we have is this where we're making what's called RSO plus um, so essentially it is uh, RSO plus live resin strain specific live mm -hmm. resin um, and the thought process behind this is that the way that we have to make RSO to make it compliant within the regulations here in Michigan is that 100% of the, the, the cannabinoids become decarboxylated through the process and so you're losing the acidic um, the acidic forms of the cannabinoids like THCA, CBGA, you're, you're punching out most of like the strain specific terpenes and things like that as well. And so what we do is we combine live resin um, that we're, we're really good at making with the RSO to, to, to give back that acidic profile. Um, and I think we, we launched it uh, last year, a couple months later, put it into the cannabis cup and took first place. So um, was, 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 was pretty cool to see that, um, you know, be well um, received so quickly. Um, the, the market response has been great on that product as well. Um, and so we're, we're just continuing that um, and kind of have some new iterations. We're looking at possibly adding live rosin to it. Um, we're waiting to see what happens with the Cannabis Cup this year because we do have a RSO plus live rosin submission. Um, so yeah, 
Um, they come in a one gram syringe. Um, the packaging is super, um, I guess, explanatory. So the, you, you can, what we find in the cannabis space is there's, there's not enough communication on labels, especially for consumers that are just coming to, 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 to the market as a new consumer. Um, and so the entire cannabinoid profile with the terpenes, ways to use it, how to measure it, because it's highly concentrated. So right. you, a little bit goes a long way with that. You know, when you have a, a one gram syringe and it's 80% THC, you know, it's yeah. 800 milligrams of THC in that one gram syringe. Yeah. So it's quite a bit. Um, and so we want to make sure that everybody's using it, using it properly and using it in the most safe, safe way that they can. So the back of the packaging has pictorials and everything and descriptions of whether you're using it for topical use or oral, or if you're using it for combustion, like we would for distillate, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so always making sure that the consumer has as much information to make the best purchase decision, but also make the best use decision for them as well. And then the last thing for Rise that we've been working on for a while now that we're really excited to launch, we're launching um, in the end of July is our topical. So it's uh, we have two different formulations coming out it's called uh, Rise Cannabis Cream. Um, we have uh, Recovery Cream, which is again, kind of a play off of the tinctures and the tri-blend formulation. So we have a one-to-one-to-one -to -one -to -one equal parts of THC, CBD, and THCA. So most of the topicals that we see in market are THC and CBD. One-to-ones do really right. good if you look at the market data. Um, our ability to make the THCA um, is, is unique and, and we have a lot of it and it has a lot of medicinal benefits. A lot of people don't understand like the anti-inflammatory um, and pain reduction um, benefits that THCA can offer when, when, when consumed orally and not combusted to, 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 to just get high. And so What's use topically, exactly. And so use topically, right. You're not decarboxylating it. So it, it just adds to the effectiveness of the cannabinoids and providing that localized uh, reduction in inflammation. And so the recovery cream, like I said, equal parts of each cannabinoid, 3000 total milligrams in the, in, in the three ounce bottle, and then 1000 total milligrams in, in, a, in a one ounce bottle. So I say bottle, it's coming in a squeeze bottle. Um, it, it is a, it is a cream. It's a, it's a dry touch plant-based cream. So when, when I say dry touch, the user, the user experience is really nice. You, you squirt it out of the bottle at the amount that you want. You put it on your skin, you rub it in like you would any other topical. It absorbs really fast. And then it, it kind of like air wicks away, kind of like the, the, uh, how it feels that when you dry your, when you wash your hands and you're drying them, there's like a little bit of water. And then that, when the water kind of like just evaporates off your, your mm. skin, that's the feeling of when the, the lotion absorbs. And there, there's no, there's no greasy residue. It's non-scented. There's no, we say there's no stick. There's no stink. Um, and, and these are common things in, in cannabis topicals. Um, the, not to say that the cannabis topicals that are primarily on the shelf aren't effective because they are, and a lot of people find benefit from them, but the user experiences can be poor because they leave a residue. It smells um, they're, they're in a jar. So you're having to stick your fingers in them. So not only do you have the residue on your hands, but it's on the area that you put it on your skin. We find that people are like, you know, Oh, I had to put on a, like a, a crummy t-shirt because I had to put my, my, my back pain topical on. I didn't want it to stain this other shirt that I'm wearing and things like that. So we're really excited about that. The other formulation is called, uh, advanced relief. So it's still the, 
the same 3000 total milligrams and uh, the, the multi-cannabinoid formulation, we just beef it up a little bit with THC. So instead of a thousand milligrams of each cannabinoid, we've got 1500 milligrams of THC and then 750 on CBD and THCA in the three ounce. And then just divide that by three, you know, thousand total milligrams, two to one to one formulation in the one ounce. So we'll have a bigger bottle for, for folks that need a lot of it. We'll have a smaller bottle if you want to throw it in, in in your purse or in your bag and your gym bag or whatever. Um, so that, yeah, that, that's going to launch in July. Um, we're really excited about it. Um, the, the, the feedback that we've gotten from, um, you know, I guess the community of, of people that, that we use to kind of R and D products has been nothing but positive, um, highly effective stuff. Um, you know, again, the cream and the pot dots, um, getting cannabis in the hands of people that otherwise maybe wouldn't, um, you know, army veterans that live down the street from our sales director's cabin that hasn't used cannabis, but has super bad knees. He brought a sample down to him and, you know, an hour later he came back and was like, I have, my knees haven't felt this good, you know, in 15 yeah. years and I'm walking around. It's just, it's, it's so, it's so great to hear that, you know, and we, we, the driving force behind everything we're doing is to try to bring cannabis to, to, to people and, and have them consumed in ways that are comfortable and just destigmatize and not overwhelm people with it. And um, things are starting to, to, to shape in, in that vision, which is really nice to see. Well, it's interesting as you're saying all this stuff, because a lot of people have a vision or a mission, right? But then when you look at the way that they're operating their company, it doesn't necessarily align with that, but it's clear that you guys are doing things uh, in alignment with that. So even the pot dots, right? Because that's, enabling a access to people that might be overwhelmed otherwise but b also giving them that better experience um so that's uh, i think that speaks highly to the fact that you know your sort of central core uh philosophy is driving a lot of this innovation which is another pattern that i'm seeing in everything you're saying you guys are innovating in basically every uh, aspect of what you do i'd say maybe the live resin and live rosin and more traditional extracts maybe not so much that's more about quality but your your edibles you're you're looking at the things that are flawed or have room for improvement with existing products and then finding ways to bring a better product to market is that is that kind of how, how are you guys going about your innovation since that is such a centralized uh, piece of puzzle for you yeah it's i mean i think there's a lot of variables that that go into it i mean at the core like we all we all love weed and we want to like i've kind of said this a couple times and i'm, I'm sure i'll continue to say is that like we want to make products you know for for people that they're excited to use and that that we're excited to use we we don't really make anything that we don't like to consume or want to consume like we made caramels because my partner really loves caramel and there wasn't caramels in market and so we to your point we're looking at voids in the industry we're looking at at what what are people consuming normally? Like if you go, it's interesting. Like if you go to the candy aisle in the grocery store, 75% of the candies aren't gummies. But when you go to a dispensary, 75% of the edibles are typically gummies. And yeah. so I think that there is a, a, a get rich quick mindset in this space. Get your ROI really fast. How can we make really easy products and go to market fast? We kind of approach it a little bit differently and say, okay, what makes sense long-term? What do people really want? What do we want to see in the space? How are we consuming cannabis? 
how can we make it more fun? How can we make it more consistent, more accurate, more digestible for the consumer? And so a part of this, and it's not, it's not my background, but I feel like it's become over the last five years, um, you know, my, I'm, I feel privileged to be a part of a group that has such a strong uh, CPG background. So you know, our president, our COO, our sales director, uh, our sales manager, all from Pepsi. Um, you know, our COO was running Target North America for Pepsi before he left to come to us. So uh, when it comes to a go-to-market strategy, branding, innovation, um, understanding market data, filling voids, that kind of stuff, it's a Fortune 50 mindset, you know, on our end. Um, and our part, our retail partners are, are, are on board. Uh, some of them it's way over their heads, um, to begin with, but we, you know, we, we, we kind of break it down for them and, 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 and teach them and, and, and help them understand, um, you know, why we're innovating the way we are, why we're going to market the way we are, why things are priced the way they are. And, and really like stepping away from a transactional relationship with our retail partners and, and making it more of a, of a, of an actual um, business partnership that we're in it together, that we're Mutual. here to help grow, grow both businesses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because one thing I noticed about you guys um, is you really don't play the price game the same as a lot of other brands. You really focus on, I mean, it's such a cliche to focus on quality, but like you focus on quality, not just of the products, but also the experience even for the retailers, right? With your support of the retailers, like you said, as a partner, so that you, instead of saying, let's discount our product as much as possible, get it off the shelf. Instead, it's let's figure out how to effectively sell this product at the yeah. price point. You know, and you're not discounting your products, right? And the retailer doesn't have to take smaller margins because they discount the product. So that's a that's an interesting and kind of contrarian approach, but it's definitely working for you guys. Maybe you're not, uh, you know, in 15 states, and like you said, you're not vertically integrated, which is another huge difference um, that speaks kind of to your discipline, right? Because like a lot of people, I mean, I, there's some benefits to vertical integration, of course, but I sure. think there's a lot of costs to it too, and. If you don't have to do it and you can focus on the thing that you do well, then I think that can that can be a massive uh, long term advantage, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, we don't have any interest in operating retail, but because of the expertise our team has in space to sale and um, floor planograms and understanding how humans shop and and why they shop the way that they shop. Uh, and then going to our retail partners and saying, "Hey, not only do we, not only are we going to help you with how to um, put our products on the shelves, but we're going to help you with the entire store because it's going to help. It's going to help us. It's going to help. It's going to help you. We want you to sell products. You know, we we know that consumers aren't buying only our products, right. and we don't want to position only our products to to only be purchased. We want to help the retailer understand that. Okay, if 50% of your sales are in flour. Well, then 40 to 50% of your store floor should be dedicated to flour. And how are you, how are you talking to your consumers that are coming in about their purchasing decisions? Like what are the questions you're asking them? You know, and, and then how, how are your products merchandised against that? It's uh, it can be a heavy lift sometimes because it's, it's very foreign, you know, to uh, people that are, are, are in the cannabis space because it's just the, the, the industry is, 
is so far behind what normal like retail and nor- normal yeah. CPG is. I mean, I, my partner has like kind of told this story a few times. He's like, when I was out, I was out in California and this was years ago. And he's like, when he was at Pepsi asking the bud tenders, like, okay, so walk me through why are your gummies here? And why, why is your flower here? And why are your vapes over here? And, and they're like, where I found spot. You're, was... you're overthinking this. Like I just put it on the shelf and they buy it. And he's yeah. like, and he's like, you guys are, you have no idea what's coming. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the other thing too. Is they're not just behind, but I think there's a lot of ego in, in cannabis in general. But sometimes with these shops, um, and not just ego, but like a, a sort of a desire, you know, not a desire to change, but a desire not to change, right? Um, and it's resistance tough. to change. Well, it's tough, say. and it can cost you money, and you know, in the short term, and things like that. And you know, I think it's a part of. When we're looking at innovation, it's like, sure, you know, we, we, we have another brand called Loco, which is a, uh, it's a value concentrate brand. And if this, you know, it's still really good stuff. Um, if it doesn't meet the quality standards for element, you know, it typically goes into Loco. Um, and, you know, we could do a ton of stuff with Loco um, and we could do a ton of other brands like Loco if we wanted to, right. but you know, Loco exists for a reason because there is a value there. There is a value shopper out there that we want to um, we want to make a good product for. But there are a lot of other groups that you know are only making the Me Too products and they don't they only last. I say like Me Too. It's like I like there's 25 different distillate vape carts on you know 25 different brands on the shelf at, at, some, they're all at the some of these stores and the, and 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 they're all the same. And what and what's differentiating you only book price. And so to your point earlier, it's like for us, like we're able to maintain our, our value in the market because we're doing unique things. We're making high quality products. We have a high level of quality control across the board on everything. Um, you know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't check the box, it doesn't go to market. You know, there's only four or five people like in our facility that can give the green light on, on the element products going to market. Hmm. Let's let's kind of pivot a little bit and talk about. Um, we've talked a lot about the things that are going well for you guys. What are some, or even just one kind of challenge that you've had in the past, uh, and how did you overcome it? Because I think that's like a great learning experience for other people is to see the things that we've all done wrong in the industry, right? Like as we're trying to learn our way and figure things out on our own, right? So, one of the one of the biggest challenges in Michigan, I think, is market fluctuation when you're dealing with groups in the market who are consistently lowering their prices and it's can be sometimes a buyer driven market, which is just, it's weird to me. Um, but it's just the space that we're in. Um, you know, Michigan is, you know, for instance, I give distillate as an example. Uh, Michigan was, we were selling distillate, you know, over a year ago for 30 bucks a gram. 20 bucks a gram stabilized at 15 to 17 dollars a gram and then over the course of like six months it went all the way down to a dollar fifty um we were so how do you uh, distillation right exactly exactly you know that's about the time you know that that we first met it's like it's how how do you if, if if your business is only in distillate good luck right and when 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 it comes to that type of a market fluctuation, but we see it across the board with everything. We see it with edibles. We see it with concentrates. Um, 
And, you know, for us, I think the way to overcome that is consistent quality products with, uh, you know, a brand that consumers uh, can rely on, right? Like you, if, and, and what once, once you have a hiccup, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to come back from that. And, and, and we've had those hiccups in, in regards to, uh, you know, some product issues like early on, um, you know, we're working with new cultivators. Everybody's kind of like trying to find out, um, like who's growing good stuff and, and, and who's, who has some integrity and who can we trust? Right. Um, and so we working with a group, um, who we had previously had really good experiences with, um, provided really good fresh frozen for us. Um, all of the, the products that we made for element, everything went to market for element, felt really good about it. Um, and so we got another harvest from them. I think it was the year after it was the year after, or it was later in the season that there was another part of their harvest coming down mm. and everything looked good. Uh, we ran it, everything smelled great. Um, and so we decided like, okay, we're going to go to market with it. This is the same, the same group. We feel good about it. Um, we didn't smoke any of it. And that was, that was where we tripped up because unknowingly to us, this cultivator decided to spray the plants after they had been harvested and chopped prior to being frozen because they saw some bugs on them. The plants were already down. They were getting frozen for extraction. There was no reason to spray them with like whatever botanical spray that they used. And so when that, that came through on the extraction unknowingly to us, you couldn't smell it. But when you combusted the concentrate, it smelled and tasted like burnt hair. And so we're getting emails and phone calls saying, Hey, I just bought four grams of, you know, insert strain and it tastes like burnt hair. And then another person hit us in an email and we're like, what is going on? This is crazy. So we, of course we went, we took some, we still had some in the facility. We dabbed it and yes, they weren't lying, tasted like burnt hair. So going back, so we went back to the cultivator to understand what the hell happened. And they explained the story and we're like, why would you ever do that? That makes absolutely no sense and not, and not, and not tell us, but such a weird knee jerk reaction to some bugs being on your plants after they've been down. So how do we overcome that? Right. Element. um, We uh, essentially guarantee hundred percent of our products. Uh, pulled that product from the shelves. Anybody that had that product that reached out to us, we set up a credit line with them with with, with product um, at a store that they either purchased it from or near them uh, that they could go and, and get, uh, you know, if they bought two grams that, that, that were bad, they could go get two grams of, of obviously of other strains from other that we made from other cultivators that, that, that weren't impacted from, from this issue and, and, and make them feel good about it, send them a swag pack, whatever it may be. Um, we, we, we love our consumers. We love, we love our, our, our brand loyalists, you know, like we wouldn't be anywhere without them. Um, and so we want to maintain, you know, that brand loyalty with them. And if, 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 if there's a, an issue like, like, like that, um, or if somebody has a poor experience, um, with, with, with a product for whatever reason, it may be the cart leaked, whatever it is, you hit us in the info, info box, 
um, and, and we set up a credit w- with you at, at, at a local store so you can so so we can ensure that you have a good product with a good experience because there is failure in cartridges. You're not going to avoid it. There, you know, sometimes yeah. people just don't like the strain. You know, they're like it didn't taste good, and it's like, well, this is maybe you just don't like earthy stuff. You know, but go, but that, but that's fine. We'll 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 set you up. Go get another gram and just pick something that's citrusy and sweet. If that's if, if that's what you're into. Yeah. That goes back to your kind of long-term mindset, I think, because a lot of companies would look at that as like, well, they're trying to get a free product or we're going to lose money by, you know, replacing this as opposed to consistently showing that you put the customer first and that they can trust you. And mm-hmm. when you want to charge, you know, a price that isn't at the bottom of the barrel like everyone else, I think that's a critical piece, right? Is is that experience? Of course. It's the same with, any premium products in any industry, uh, you know, you buy a Mercedes or a Ferrari or you know, something like that, um, you're going to have a much different experience than if you're buying sort of a, a cheap car, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's I, it's important. Um, as a consumer of many different products, I like to purchase products from brands and companies that have integrity that I know are, are, are making a good product that will, um, you know, if I have an issue with it, it's not going to be, I'm not going to be made out to feel like I did something wrong. Right. Or like just I, like you don't matter. Like, yeah, well, you already right. bought it, sucker. <laughs> right. I, I take Athletic Greens. Uh, somehow my recent shipment got lost. Called them up, said, hey, it said it was delivered. I, I, I moved into a new place. It's not here. No problem. We'll send you a new one right now. Like that, that type of stuff, no questions asked, handle it. And I think it's really important, you know, for, for, for us with all of our brands, we do, if somebody has a bad experience, we want to ensure that, that, um, we make sure that they have a good experience and the next time and are consistent throughout. You had to kind of pick one or two things that you felt separate successful operators from folks that are probably not going to be successful over the long run. What would that look like? I'd say, I, I would say, uh, being kind of true to your word and to your ethos. There's a lot of people in this industry. Um, you know, some of them are good operators. Some of them are bad operators. Uh, from what I've seen in the space is that the poor operators promise the world and can't deliver. And when they can't deliver, they run and hide. Um, and they don't pay and exactly. And so I think that's a big part of it. Um, and, Kind of like you said earlier, you know, we have a really good reputation here in Michigan. Um, we do what we say we're going to do. We don't we don't fluff numbers or we don't you know we don't pe- we don't peel off the top on yields. We do a lot of splits with a lot of cultivation partners, and they trust us um, because we take this very seriously. Um, you know, the integrity end of things is really important to us, um, and it seems difficult for people in this industry to do, which is weird to me. We and me and my partners all have had careers in other industries prior to doing cannabis full time, um, and just taking some of those simple uh, standard, you know, business practices into the cannabis space really goes a long way. Which we think there there are other groups that seem to have a difficult time with it. Um, and you know, I, I have I have friends that that have grows that have decided to go work with other processors, and that's fine. And they tell me the deal that they're getting, and I'm and I I'm like you know that's not going to happen. Like no 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 we signed a contract and you know we're gonna get we're gonna get this and I go okay 
So what happens when the market drops and the, they have all your split material and, and they did a, they did an 80, 20 your way. Well, they're going to sell all their stuff first. And they're not going to run your thousands, stuff at a loss. Bottom line, right. Gonna... And now you got thousands of grams sitting in their freezer because they're trying to keep their doors open and they're only selling their stuff. Like there's, there's deal structures that look good on paper, but when you put them into action, they fail. And we are very cautious of how we structure deals, you know, to protect not only ourselves, but to protect, you know, our partners because we want to work with those groups long-term. So I think that's the main thing. It's pretty simple. It's just be honest and operate with integrity and, you know, um, yeah, Thomas, uh, yeah, be, yeah, be true to your word, <laughs> yeah. you know, definitely. Um, it's obvious when you kind of look at the way that you guys are doing stuff uh, and you're kind of hitting all of the check boxes that, you know, we know requires, uh, need to be required for someone to be successful as a company. And you guys are doing all of it. And you've got your sort of philosophy or operating philosophy, long-term and short-term aligned. And you make your decisions based off of that. You value your relationships over the long-term, not just your suppliers, but your vendors as well. Um, and, and your consumers and customers, right? Um, and like you said, you're, you're focusing on not, just saying stuff, something that someone wants to hear and then not delivering, but folks more on the delivery portion of that. And I think that in retrospect, that is pretty obviously a critical piece of, of success in any industry, but especially one as volatile as, as cannabis right now. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very exciting industry to be in. I, I couldn't see myself doing anything else at this point. You know, I, I absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. love it. Um, and because of that, I think people just, people get overly excited and they want to do too much. They want to do it all. And FOMO is bad in this industry. You can, only, you can only be so effective when you've got your hands in so many different pots. We started with, with tablets in a different lab while we were building out our other, our main lab just to like go to market and like slowly added things on each time. Didn't go take a bunch of investment money to build it all out at once and say, okay, here we go because now we're managing way too much and the, the, the process flow, you know, is, it's just been like fast tracked and then the market changes and your projections on where you had everything at are now 50% less of what it should have been. And or it's, and then, yeah, or whatever. Right. Like, you know, we had friends that were like making projections on building out grows at like $3,000 a pound. And we're like, guys, <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> Be very conservative. So do you think, you know, speaking to operators that might feel like they're racing against the clock with everything they do, uh, it sounds like maybe that's not sort of the mentality of Lion Labs. Would you say that you guys have taken a different approach and you feel pretty strongly that it's okay to do things more disciplined, slower and more methodically than to have to feel like they're racing against time? Yeah, I think it's important to take your time and ensure that how you're going to market, the products you're manufacturing, your cogs, where the market's shifting, like all, all of these things are super important to take into consideration because if you rush it all, uh, and we've seen it happen, um, groups fail, they fail fast. They fire sale everything at the end to keep the, the dream alive and, and the lights on. And that only lasts so long. And I mean, I think, you know, you're, you're seeing it across the country with a lot of these larger groups, you know, probably, in my opinion, growing a little bit 
you know, growing too fast, the, you know, footprints and retail and in all these different states, it's just, it's a house of cards. There's a reason why if you look at other companies, it takes them so long to scale to some of these levels that we're seeing companies in Canada scale to in a matter of a couple of years. And meanwhile, the folks that are often running the companies as well, this is the first time they've done something that's anywhere near this scale. And so they're trying yeah. to figure this out for the first time. They haven't come up through the corporate ladder. Uh, they may not even have anybody that's got that experience on their team, unlike you guys, right? Uh, it's a recipe for disaster. And that's why it's so important that as an industry, we realize that the, the roots and the suits, as they like to call them, both have massive value to add to the team and you need both you cannot just have corporate folks that don't understand cannabis and don't have a passion for it uh, but have the business acumen just like you can't just have the og legacy folks that are super passionate about weed but just don't understand the basic tenets of business because they've just been farming weed for you know they're slinging it on the streets or whatever right like it's not a, it's not expected for them to have had a reason to learn a lot of that stuff, right? But that's why you need both sides. And I think the sooner that companies realize that and kind of lose that tribalism and move together, those are the companies mm -hmm. like yours that are going to really see a lot of success in, in, in the long term. So let's move on a little bit to some of the questions I like to ask on all of these. I got four of them. Um, first one is, what is your favorite business book? So it's a good question. Um, you know, up until a couple of years ago, didn't really read many business books. Uh, I was reading uh, biology books and, you know, uh, nature <laughs> and science and, you know, radiation-based journals and things like that. But um, Real page turners, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really heavy books. Um, recently, uh, I got put onto a book called Measure What Matters. Um, and so I read that and I, I think the... Um, the concept of, you know, the, the OKRs, you know, the, you know, ob objective and key results um, really help with kind of effective goal setting um, and, and setting kind of like these milestones and, and understanding what you need to achieve, you know, in order to get from A to B, there's a couple different things that we need to achieve be between those things and, 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 and planning those out, staying true and, and trusting the process. I'm a really big um, proponent for trusting the process um, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of hurdles. There's going to be setbacks. Not everything is perfect. Um, but if you have a plan and you you have a, a, a shared mindset um, with with either your partners, um, wherever it may be, um, or just with yourself, that you're going to kind of understand what you need to do uh, and, and, and writing those down and visualizing them and, and keeping them in mind uh, I think is the key to success and it allows you to strategize. Um, it allows you to hold yourself accountable. Uh, it allows you to understand uh, what, what went wrong during that mm -hmm. process. You know, mm -hmm. maybe the first couple steps went well, but now they're not, now we have an issue. Um, but not to say that we won't achieve that end goal, but how do we pivot or how do we learn from that? Um, so, yeah, I thought, I thought that was a, a, a really good book and definitely recommend it um, for, for 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 anybody that had that hasn't read it and um apparently it's uh it was used kind of a lot with google um and, yeah, and other larger tech firms yeah. mm -hmm. what's your favorite line of genetics so i, I kind of always go back to 
this original like super lemon haze that you know we grew uh we it was this thing the strain was awesome i, I wish i still had the pheno uh I, I don't i don't think we have it anymore and and when we first got it it was like 2000 and it was like 2009 it was right after um super lemon haze had like won the world cup uh yeah. we got it from attitude seed bank it came in like a cd case um and this thing just was like super resilient um and was like red bull you know like i right. can just like smoke a joint and go shovel the driveway here in michigan it snows a lot so <laughs> yeah. you know it, 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 so it uh, have a nostalgia to that um and I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't found that Fino again since, um, but I've had some other good super lemons, um, that, that, that have been really nice. Um, and then there's also one that we grew, uh, was, uh, that, and I, I hope that like some of the cultivators start to bring back kind of the, the older, uh, more legacy kind of strains from like yeah. the early two thousands, um, like granddaddy perp, like mm -hmm. it yielded like shit. It was like 17 or 18% THC but it tasted so good. It looked beautiful. Like the whole part about growing the plant and getting to the, you know, to the end flower and, and rolling it up and smoking it. I, I really enjoyed that far. We would, we would, we would dedicate part of our room for it, knowing that like it wasn't going to put out, but we were going to love smoking it. Well, I think that we need to get over as an industry. Everyone knows it, but we got to get over the THC thing because like you said, there's so many options that are put to the side because they just don't, have that meat, yeah right and yeah there's so many flavors and and um nostalgic experiences and stuff that we're missing now and like you know i grew up in humboldt so i was around reading a lot in high school uh, probably more than the average person but i still remember such good experiences from back then uh and it's just we weren't looking for stuff that was 30 percent THC and you didn't even know what the THC percentage was. You just smelled it and it smelled good. And right. Good and smelled it, yeah? yeah. What's the bag appeal? It looked good. It smelled good. Like let's, let's, let's do it. Um, yeah, there is a, an, epi an epidemic of, of potency love or, or obsession. Um, that's, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. And it, it, I think it, the retailers need to shift the way that they're talking about flour in their stores when I go in, I'm looking at terpene profile. I'm looking at, I'm looking at flavor. That should be the question. The question should be, what type of flavor do you like? Do you like citrusy? Do you like sweet? Do you like gassy? Do you like earthy? What, whatever it may be. And it's like, okay, now, now let's now now let's look at the strains that we can, we can offer you within this flavor profile that you enjoy. You know, do you want, do you want a more uplifting or more sedative or do you, you know, what, what type of potency are you looking for? Right. Like I will step over potency for terpenes every single time. I'll take something that's sub 20% THC. That's got two or 3% terps over something that's 30% THC. That's like, you know, lies, one or sub, 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 sub 1%. And yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like a thin, experience comparatively you know it's like drinking a yeah diluted down like weak merlot compared to a yeah. real nice cabernet you know? right and that and that's the beauty of the live resin joint it's full circle here that's it's yeah. flavor town but it's it's potent and yeah. so for, for 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 those consumers that you, you know that they're looking for that high potency high flavor the product's great i for me 
I take a couple of hits of it and it's, it's enough for me to put it out. <laughs> so but it lasts you a month. <laughs> it, yeah. It, and, and they burn super slow and they taste great when you relight them too. So it's great. Um, what are some of your interests and hobbies outside of cannabis? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm pretty busy. I'm a pretty busy person outside of, of, of cannabis. Uh, avid golfer been golfing since I was a little kid. Um, so I'm on the golf course as, as much as I can. Um, and during the season here in Michigan, um, I love to travel. Uh, my wife and I love to travel. We're kind of, you know, going on trips as much as we can when it, when it allows for it, whether it's domestic or international, um, you know, outdoor stuff. I've been raised kind of, you know, I was raised on the water. So I love being on the water or outdoors. I'm typically in the wintertime, I'm trying to go to the mountains and snowboard and, in the summertime where we're, we're hanging out hiking or, you know, bike riding or, you know, being active and um, got a love for, for music as well. So DJ a little bit in the city awesome. um, here in Detroit and stuff like that. And, um, what's, but yeah, what's your DJ uh, name? Uh, just my name, Johnny Kane. So <laughs> yeah, nothing special. Um, awesome. But yeah, just have always kind of, you know, being uh, living and growing up around and in, in, in Detroit, um, you know, you get exposed to, you know, the, the house and techno music scene here. Um, and if you're into it, you know, it's a, it's some of the best in, in the world and some, some of the best wor- DJs in the world, you know, live here. And I, I know, I know you're in Chicago and, you know, Chicago house and Detroit techno, you know, they kind of, you know, brother and sister and go, you know, a lot of DJs go back and forth and, you know, been to both cities, you know, um, you know, enjoying the music. So yeah, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, but you know, I'm, I'm really good at, uh, I'm really good at time management. Maybe sometimes I need to take this little step back and, and, and rest, but, uh, yeah, I don't think I, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't able to, you know, stay, stay happy and, you know, stay, um, stay interested in all the, all the things that I'm doing. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, folks that just, I'm not talking to, but a few people about this kind of thing. Like, what do you do outside of cannabis? And a lot of people just don't do anything because they're, so focused i think some of that comes back to this concern about the timeline um and being like well i, don't, I can't afford to spend time doing anything else so i think it's important i think it's important to 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 enjoy the other things in life that are outside of you know your career like you said recharge is you know i we tell i tell my staff i'm like hey you we give you these days off they're for a reason take them use them all yeah. go on a vacation, just stay home for a day, whatever it is, recharge, come back, fueled up, eager, motivated, you know, ready to crush it. And, yeah. you know, that's, I, I think it's, I think it's really important. You know, I think, you know, I, I know that, you know, one of the other things is like just like general health and fitness. I know that you're, I know that you're pretty avid, you know, in the gym and, you know, we've been on, we've called each other where it's like, Hey, I'll call you back. I'm finishing up a workout kind of thing. And, um, you know, that's something that, is important to, to myself as well as just staying healthy overall, you know? Yeah. We go out, we have some drinks, smoke some weed here and there, but, um, waking up, going to the gym, getting that workout, setting the tone for the day, staying motivated. Yeah. Got to take care yeah. of yourself think, first. Yeah. I think, uh, idled hands for me is, is, is not good. You know, sedentary lifestyle is not good for me. I, uh, I thrive when, when I'm, when I'm active. Uh, where can we connect with you and Lion labs and the brand? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, personally connect with me on LinkedIn. So just Jonathan Kane on LinkedIn. Um, I think you probably, if you type in line labs with my name, it'll, it'll find me a little bit quicker. Um, I'll add everything to the show notes as well. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then for, for the brands, you know, primarily we're on Instagram. 
so it's uh, at Lion Labs MI. Element is at Element Extractions. Dream is at Dream Edibles MI. Uh, Rise is uh, Rise underscore Meds. And uh, Loco is uh, at Dab Loco. So yeah, that's a that's a primary way. If you're looking to understand kind of some of the innovations and stuff like that and what we're doing uh, with any of our brands, uh, hit, hitting us up on Instagram, just hit us up in the DMs. Um, you know, you can you can also email us at info at linelabsmi.com. Um, that's just a general inbox for for everything. Um, you know, if you're on Reddit, if you you know you see anything regarding our our products and you know usually want to talk directly with you we have you hit us up in our in our email inbox and, and and take it from there you guys are actually pretty active on the mission was it mission gents mission it? gents yeah mission yeah gents, i mean uh, you got you got to be right like you know to kind of like back to what we talked about earlier the consumer interaction and just you know ensuring that um folks are having a, a good experience and really understanding why they're having a poor experience you know did did we miss something um and having those candid conversations you know with ourselves and 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 with and and with, with the consumers that you know patients and that, that are they're using our products and understanding you know just having conversations with them are saying what's wrong what's right you know and taking feedback from them and that that helps us drive innovation and keeps us on our game too well it seems like you guys are doing a lot of really good stuff and i'm excited to Keep seeing more innovation out of Michigan. Yeah. Are you guys gonna expand to other states? You think, or are you just kind of keeping it? Yeah, it's a, I think it's that's a good segue. So uh, I can talk about it now. We just we just finalized a contract uh, with a group in Florida. So mm-hmm. we are essentially going to uh, build what we have here in Michigan um, in Florida. So nice. uh, phase one will be getting Rise um, and Dream kind of propped up. And then phase two will be building out C1D1, C1D2, solventless rooms, uh, getting element propped up. Um, and then, you know, pot dots to follow. Pot dots is the, the heaviest lift, the most yeah. takes up the most space kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's 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 a new exciting thing. So um, I'm going to be back and forth between, you know, here in Florida, getting that getting that going along with my partners and um we're 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 really excited we're 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 thrilled with with the partner we have down there um we think it's going to be a a really good really good partnership where we can we can grow our brands but also kind of provide services to the umbrella through processing and extraction from our expertise on that and then helping them out with retail and kind of just just taking all the all the things that that we're really good at and um you know hopefully being successful in the Florida market it's a it's a pretty crazy state there's a lot of things going on down there politically um you know there's I think 800,000 medical card holders in Florida there's 20 to 22 million people that live there and there's 120 million people a year that visit Florida that's what we look at when we're looking at other states to expand it what does the market look like what is the growth potential for that market um Florida is going to be massive when it goes adult use. Um, so we're, we want to get in, we're getting in, um, we're getting in early, getting our brands propped up, you know, getting people used to what rise, what element, what dream, what loco is. And then once it's adult use, it's just kind of, let's, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 
yeah, we're looking, we're, we're looking at, you know, potentially Illinois, um, working a couple things out on that, but again, uh, we don't want to bite off too much, uh, all at once. I, I don't want to expand into five States all at once. I want to make sure that, you know, we're not overextending ourselves. Um, and we're, we're doing it right. We're doing it efficiently. We're doing it successfully. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure and a lot yeah. of good things coming. I'm excited. Awesome. Likewise, appreciate the time. And that wraps up today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. For additional notes on the episode and links to Jonathan's website and social media, please check out the show notes at podcast.diamondminers.co forward slash episode dash four. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the DMC newsletter so you can have industry insights from yours truly delivered directly to your email inbox. And as always, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Diamond Miners Podcast with Benjamin Ballinger. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a minute to give the show a five-star review and don't forget to subscribe for more episodes just like this one. You can also follow DMC on Twitter and LinkedIn at Diamond Miners CO or connect directly with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash BR Ballinger.